0: This is the next sub-chapter of chapter 4 the flood from the book of you will know a Harare the brief history of a humankind the end of sloth the extinction of the Australian megafauna was probably the first significant mark Homo sapiens left on our planet it was followed by even larger ecological disaster this time in america homo sapiens was the first one and only human species to reach the western hemisphere landmass arriving about 16000 years ago that is in or around 14000 bc The first Americans arrived on foot, which they could do because at the time sea levels were low enough that a land bridge connected northeastern Siberia with northwestern Alaska. Not that it was easy, the journey was an arduous one, perhaps harder than the sea passage to Australia. To make the crossing, Humans first have to learn how to withstand the extreme Arctic conditions of northern Siberia, on area on which the sun never shines in winter and where temperatures can drop to minus 50 degrees Celsius. No previous human species have managed to penetrate places like northern Siberia. Even the cold-adapted Neanderthals restricted themselves to relatively warmer regions further south, but most sapiens whose body was adapted to living in the African savannah rather than in the lands of snow and ice devised ingenious solutions. When the rolling bands of sapiens foragers migrated into colder climates, they learned to make snowshoes and effective thermal clothing composed of layers of furs and skins. to get together tightly with the help of needles. They developed new weapons and sophisticated hunting techniques that enabled them to track and kill mammoths and the other big game of the far north. As their thermal walking and hunting techniques improved, sapiens dared to venture deeper and deeper into the frozen regions, and as they moved north their clothes, hunting strategies, and other survival skills continued to improve. But why did they bother? Why banish oneself to Siberia by choice? Perhaps some bands brand, some were driven north by wars, demographic pressures, or natural disasters. Others might have been lured in northwards by more positive breathing positive <laughs> the Arctic lands were full of large, juicy animals such as reindeer and mammoths. Every mammoth was a source of a vast quantity of meat, which the frosty temperatures could even be frozen for later use, tasty fat, warm fur, and valuable ivory. As the findings from Sangir testified, mammoth hunters did not just survived in the frozen north, they thrived. As time passed, the bands spread far and wide, pursuing mammoths, mastodons, rhinoceros, and reindeer. About 14,000 BC, the chase took some of them from northeastern Siberia to Alaska. Of course, they didn't know they were discovering a new world for mammoths and man mammoth alike. Alaska was a mere extension of Siberia. At first, glaciers blocked the way from Alaska to the rest of America, though some pioneers might have bypassed these obstacles by sailing along the coast. Around 12,000 BC global warming melted the ice and opened an easier land passage. Making use of the new corridor, people moved south and massive. Spreading over the entire continent through originally adapted to hunting large game in the Arctic. They soon adjusted to an amazing variety of climate and ecosystems. Descendants of the Siberians settled and thick forests of the eastern United States, the swamps of the Mississippi Delta, the deserts of Mexico, and streaming jungles of Central America. Some made their homes in the river world of the Amazon basin, other stocks, in Andean mountain valleys or the other pampas of Argentina, and all this happened in a mere millennium or two. By 10,000 BC, humans already inhabited the most southern point in America, the island of Tierra del Fuego at the continent's southern tip. The human which across America testifies to the incomparable ingenuity and the unsurpassed adaptability of homo sapiens. No other animal had ever moved into such a huge variety of radically different habits so quickly, everywhere using virtually the same genes. The settling of America was hardly bloodless. It left behind a long trail of victims. American fauna 14,000 years ago was far richer than it is today. When the first Americans marched south from Alaska into the plains of Canada and western United States, they encountered mammals and mastodons, rodents the size of bears, herds of horses and camels oversized lions and dozens of large species, the likes of which are completely known, unknown to them. Among them, fearsome, saber toothed cats and giant ground sloths that weighed up to 8 tons and reached a height of 6 meters. South America hosted an even more exotic menagerie of large mammals, reptiles, and birds. The Americas where America's were a great laboratory of evolutionary experimentation, a place where animals and plants unknown in Africa and Asia had evolved and thrived, but no longer within 2000 years of the sepia when most of these unique species were gone. According to current estimates, within that short interval, North America lost 34 out of its 47 genera of large mammals. South Africa, South America lost 50 out of 60. The separate-toothed cats, after flourishing for more than 30 million years, disappeared, and so did the giant ground sloths and oversized lions, Native American horses, Native American camels, the giant rodents, and the mammals. Thousands of species of smaller mammals, reptiles, birds, and even insects and parasites also became extinct. When the mammals died out, all species of mammoth ticks followed them to oblivion. For decades, paleontologists and zoo archaeologists, people who searched for and study animal remains, have been combining the plains and mountains of the Americas in search of the fossilized bones of ancient camels and the petrified faces of giant ground sloths. When they find what they seek, the treasures are carefully packed up and sent to laboratories, where every bone and every caprolite is meticulously studied and dated. Time and again, these analyses yield the same results. The freshest dung balls and the most recent camel bones date to the period when humans flooded America, that is, between approximately 12,000 and 9,000 BC. Only in one area have scientists discovered young dung balls on several Caribbean islands, in particular Cuba and Hispaniola they found petrified ground sloth scat dating to about five thousand BC. This is exactly the time when the first humans managed to cross the Caribbean Sea and settle these two large islands. Again, some scholars try to exonerate Homo sapiens and blame climate change, which requires them to Posted that for some mysterious, mysterious reason, the climate in the Caribbean islands remained static for 7,000 years, while right. the rest of the western hemisphere warmed. But in America, the tongue ball cannot be touched, we are the culprits, there is no way around that truth. Even if climate change abetted us, the human contribution was decisive. Noah's Ark If we combine the mass extinctions in Australia and America and add the small-scale extinctions that took place as Homo sapiens spread over Afro-Asia, such as the extinction of all other human species and the extinctions that occurred when ancient foragers settled remote islands such as Cuba, the inevitable conclusion is that the first wave of Satan's colonization was one of the biggest and swiftest ecological disasters to befall the animal Kingdom. Hardest hit were the large furry creatures. At the time of the Cognitive Revolution, the planet was home to about 200 genera of large terrestrial mammals weighing over 50 kilograms. At the time of Agricultural Revolution, only about a hundred remain. Homo sapiens drove to extinction about half of the planet's big beasts long before humans invented the wheel ratting on iron tools. This ecological tragedy was restaged in miniature countless times after the agricultural revolution. The archaeological record of island after island tells the same sad story. The tragedy opens with a scene showing a rich and varied population of large animals without any trace of humans. In scene 2, sapiens appear evidenced by a human bone, a spear point, or perhaps a pot shell. Scene 3 quickly follows in which men and women occupy central stage and most large animals along with many smaller ones are gone. The large island of Madagascar, about 400 kilometers east of the African mainland, offers a famous example. Through millions of years of isolation, a unique collection of animals evolved there. These included the elephant bird, a flightless creature, 3-meter tall, and weighing almost half a ton, the largest bird in the world, and the giant lemurs the globe's largest primates. The elephant birds and the giant lemurs along with most of the large other animals of Madagascar suddenly vanished about 1,500 years ago, precisely when the first humans set foot on the island. In the Pacific Ocean, the main wave of extinction began in about 1500 BC when Polynesian farmers settled the Solomon Islands. Fiji and New Caledonia. They killed off, directly or indirectly, hundreds of species of birds, insects, snails, and other local inhabitants. From there, the wave of extinction moved gradually to the east, the south, and the north into the heart of the Pacific Ocean, obliterating on its way the unique fauna of Samoa and Tonga, 1200 BC, the Marcus Islands, AD1, Easter Island, the Cook Islands and Hawaii, AD 500, and finally New Zealand, AD 12. Similar ecological disasters occur on almost every one of the thousands of islands that pepper the Atlantic Ocean, Indian Ocean, Arctic Ocean and Mediterranean Sea. Archaeologists have discovered on even the tiniest islands evidence of the existence of birds, insects, and snails that lived there for countless generations only to vanish when the first human farmers arrived. None but a few extremely remote islands escaped man's notice until the modern age and these islands kept their fauna intact. The Galapagos Islands, to give one famous example, remained uninhabited by humans until the nineteenth century, thus preserving their unique menagerie, including their giant tortoises, which like the ancient Diprotodons show no fear to no fear of humans. The first wave extinction which accompanied the spread of the Foragers was followed by the second wave extension, which accompanied the spread of the farmers, and gives us an important perspective on the third wave extension, which industrial activity is causing today. Don't believe three huggers who claim that our ancestors lived in harmony with nature long before the Industrial Revolution. Homo sapiens held the record among all organisms. For driving the most plant and animal species to their extinctions. We are the reason for the extinction of these different kinds of flora fauna. We have the dubious distinction of being the deadliest species in the annals of biology. Perhaps if more people were aware of the first, perhaps if more people were aware of the first wave and second wave extinctions, they'd be less nonchalant. They'd be less nonchalant about the third wave they are part of. If we knew how many species we have already eradicated, we might be more motivated to protect those that still survive. This is especially relevant. the large animals of the oceans unlike their terrestrial counterparts. The large sea animals suffered relatively little from the cognitive and agricultural revolution, but many of them are on the brink of extinction now as a result of industrial pollution and human overuse of oceanic resources. If things continue at the present pace, it is likely that whales, sharks, tuna, and dolphins will follow the deprotodons ground slots and mammoths, to oblivion. Among all the world's large creatures, the only survivors of the human flood will be humans themselves and the farmyard animals that serve as gallery slaves in Noah's Ark.